Hi everybody, welcome back to the Babbling Bearded Biker podcast. Thanks again for tuning in, and here comes this episode. Welcome back everybody. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about what it is to be a father of three girls. Most people who listen to my podcast know me personally anyway, um, so I'm just going to let everybody else know about my beautiful daughters. So I've got three daughters, and the first one is 11, Anastasia Adele. My middle daughter, Aurora Ann, she's eight. And uh, my youngest is Athena May, who is five. So I'm going to talk talk a bit about, um, about well, my girls. They are my girls. I'm extremely proud of all three of them. Now, my two younger ones, Aurora Ann and Athena May, both have intolerances. Uh, gluten intolerance runs in my family, um, some of my aunties are celiac, and um, dairy intolerance runs in my wife's family. Now, with the gluten and dairy intolerance, dairy not so much, but the gluten intolerance has been an absolute nightmare. Not only the fact that my, my kid's ill if they have gluten, it's only Aurora Ann, who's gluten intolerant, and she's dairy as well to a degree, where Athena May is very dairy intolerant. It's a bit of a punado if that happens. And it's been an absolute nightmare trying to trying to battle with certain people, namely schools, try and get them to understand that just because she's not celiac officially, it's still an intolerance. Now, this is my middle daughter. This is Aurora Ann. Now, if she has gluten, she gets really bloated, constipated. She gets really naughty, which is apparently quite a big big red flag for it. Um, She's lethargic. She just doesn't cope very well with it at all. Now, we've been having a lot of issues with our schools. Um purely because they keep giving both Aurora and Athena, both giving them food with dairy and gluten in. They know they're not supposed to, but they do. I mean, accidents happen, I get that. But if it is a nut allergy, it could be quite dangerous. I mean, you know, a bit of anaphylaxis and that sort of thing. And Aurora Ann was first diagnosed when she was 18 months old. But she wasn't officially diagnosed with it. She was diagnosed with a strong gluten intolerance, not celiac disease. Now, I had to take my 18-month-old and pin her down while they took some bloods from her. My, my wife couldn't do it. I had to do it. Um, and that was that was really hard. Um, I don't know if anyone's tried to get bloods off a child, but not pretty, not easy. And they, they wanted her to eat gluten for at least six weeks before, which in itself was was awful. Um, she was unhappy, she was crying, she was bloated, she was constipated one minute, died away the next. And that was just an absolute battle because she, she was old enough to know that the food wasn't, it hurt her, but not old enough to know why she needed it done. And what happened with that was we saw a dietitian who just happened to be a consultant paediatrician at in the same meeting, there was two of us in there. And he said, we are just on the cusp of celiac disease, just on the cusp. And this was back where you could get prescriptions for the food. And 
so we weren't entitled to any help with the food and luckily in the years since it's got better but at the moment it's not too bad not too bad at all but back then you could quite easily pay five six pound for half a loaf of gluten-free bread which to quote my eight-year-old daughter tastes like cack and as I know my wife knows and most of my family knows it does taste like cack so with mo with most things we were told you know she may grow out of it she may not and she still got it I mean give her some gluten now and she will not be happy with it and it'll make her feel poorly and make her actually physically ill now we had a battle with our school um when she was going into first school um the Food is run by a private company, of course, as most things in, are in this, these days. And they wanted a GP letter. Now, I contacted my GP, and they said, well, we didn't give the diagnosis. She was diagnosed in hospital, so you need to speak to, the, speak to people who diagnosed her. So I managed to speak to the secretary of the doctor who saw who diagnosed it, and we went back to him and... He's just like, yes, yeah, send him a letter. So sent us a letter saying, I diagnosed Laura and with gluten intolerant, da 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 da, on this day, etc. etc. I took this into the school and I got a phone call from the school about two, three hours later saying, Oh no, we can't accept this. It needs to be a GP. That just completely baffled me. I mean, a consultant paediatrician whose sole job is looking after children has given a diagnosis, yet they wanted a GP who sees everything and anything to to have it. So they were given a wool and gluten for about a month before I went in through my teddies at the pram and said, if you don't if you don't stop giving a gluten, I will be reporting this further. And they did. They stopped and then they went, Oh actually yeah, we'll accept this letter now. Thought, well, why wouldn't you? <laughs> why would why would you not accept a paediatrician's letter, but accept a GP's letter, who, with all due respect to GPs, they aren't specialists. They aren't specialists at all. Um, with her di- with her dairy intolerances, that she's sort of grown out of that. She has too much, gives her a dicky tummy, but, uh, you know, apart from that, it's all good. But they still struggle with it. I'm not quite sure how, but they do 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 struggle with it. And we, we do have a, quite a bit of stigma still surrounding it. I've had a few people say to me, well, have you tried on gluten? Well, no shit, Sherlock. We, we try on gluten at least once a month as, you know, to see if she has grown out of it. And if we if we go anywhere, so gluten tolerant, they go, mm-hmm, yeah, all right, if you say so, trust me. If she wasn't genuinely gluten intolerant, we wouldn't be putting her on a gluten-free diet because it's so damn expensive. Because even now it's still, it's better than it was, like I said, but it's still a bit expensive. I mean, you can easily, two, three pounds on a loaf of bread, easily, and it's only half a loaf anyway. And I mean, four jam tarts is £2.50. And, you know, I can't understand how people willingly go on a gluten-free diet because it's so damn expensive. I mean, a weekly shop, for example... If we bought everything gluten-free, you're looking double, if not triple, the price of what it normally would be. I mean, with a dairy intolerance, we just kind of cut back on the things that contain dairy. It's not too hard. 
But I mean, who knew that sausages contain gluten? I mean, it's one of the binding agents in it, and that just completely, completely threw us, to be honest. I mean, the, the list of things that contain gluten is absolutely massive. You've got your obvious ones, your pasta, your bread. But I mean, noodles, unless they're egg noodles, even, even egg noodles, actually. Um, rice noodles are all right. Uh, you've got beer. Not that I'm going to give beer to my eight-year-old, but you never know. Might want a quiet night. French fries, crisps, soup, some salad dressings, um, soy sauce. I mean, some some eggs served at restaurants are, you know, have gluten in them. And that was a challenge, trying to find what was gluten and what wasn't. And the thing is, because she's not officially celiac, we didn't get any help with that. Luckily, both, well, I say luckily, but um, I have two aunties who are gluten tolerant, so I got a bit of help off them. And as soon as I told them the symptoms, they were like, yeah, that's, that's celiac, straight away, boom. No question, nothing, just straight, yep. Yeah. That sounds like a gluten intolerance or celiac disease. I mean, with the dairy intolerance for her, for Aurora and, and Athena May, um, that was evident from day one because um, all of my kids been bottle fed and soon as the bottle went in it came straight back out again and luckily we recognised it for an intolerance so we spoke to the GP, GP was like yeah it's fine, gave us loads of loads of uh, dairy free milk you know prescription absolutely fine but it's still been a nightmare because people believe that we're willingly not letting them have gluten or not letting them have dairy. I mean, if if I could, I would, honestly. Not just the cost of it, but they miss out so much. I mean, they can't have ice creams. They can't have Mr. Whippy ice creams because of the dairy. And you see all their, all their friends at school during Easter having Easter eggs, and they can't have it because it'll upset them. And that, that does upset them emotionally as well as physically. And I can't understand why somebody would do that from do that to their kids, you know, willingly. I mean, like I said, they love chocolate, but it doesn't love them. And that's, you know, it's just one of them things which, like most things, as the years go on, that people are realising and people are thinking, oh, maybe I should be such a dick about it. But, you know, these things happy happen. So all three of my girls have got completely different personalities. They are completely different people, and they're completely different young ladies. My eldest, Anastasia Adele, she loves Marvel. She loves Star Wars, Harry Potter, Minecraft. She's what used to be known as a tomboy, and we absolutely love that about her. She's just so different from all the other type girly girl, should we say, type things. But it's absolutely fantastic. And she's got such a knowledge about this sort of thing, about Harry Potter, about, you know, Fantastical Beasts, about Findum and Iron Man, Spider-Man, all of that, all of that sort of thing, which which makes her different to everybody, which has made her a target, but I'm not going to talk too much about that. And, you know, she's happy. She, she would much rather be watching a a Marvel film than she would watching Frozen, you know, and 
we absolutely love that about her. She's just so different to everybody else. But again, like I said, it does make her a target. Um, my middle, Aurora Anne, she's a bit both. She's She'll definitely be a women's rugby player. She'll probably scrum off when she's older. She's into gymnastics. She's into fairies and unicorns. She's into dresses. But she won't hesitate to get out on a hoverboard and you know, make a mess and fall off and hurt herself and get back up again, go, I'm okay. You know, and get you know, and that's that's just something we love about her. Is that she is so a mix of everything, really. A complete mix of girly girl and tomboy. Now Athena May, my youngest, well, if anyone's gonna try and bully her when she's older, she probably will just punch him straight in the face. I mean she is a bit of a brute, I will admit. But again, she's such a girly girl. She likes her dresses. She absolutely adores giraffes. I don't know why giraffes, but she absolutely loves the giraffes. And it's a bit bizarre, not going to lie, but she's obsessed, absolutely obsessed with bloody giraffes. She hasn't seen one yet, but hopefully in the near future we'll get somewhere where she see one. But her personality is very cute and calm. And relaxed unless she's not happy or somebody says something she doesn't like. She's, I'm sure the school have probably got about 50 incident reports of where she's told someone to go away and leave her alone or she's punched someone or something. I mean, she's just stand, she, she will quite happily stand on her own two feet and she will stand up for herself and her friends, which she's done in the past. But we actually love the fact that all three of my girls are different. We absolutely love it. And everybody loves the way that they're not not normal. <laughs> I mean, look at me. I mean, they don't don't go to social norms, which is absolutely fine. I mean, the way it is, I mean, you just have to open a magazine to look at all the negative pressures which being put on these girls. You've got to look this way. You've got to wear this. You've got to wear that. You've got to wear this makeup. You've got to wear that makeup. I mean, Anastasia, she's got makeup and she hasn't used any other colour apart from black eyeliner and black lipstick. She's going for a full Avril Lavigne and I absolutely love it. I mean, she will come home from school, dump her stuff, go upstairs, go on the Alexa and play Avril Lavigne and we absolutely love it. And... The, the the pressure facing the girls, not just my girls, but just children all over. Boys are blue, girls are pink, can't be any different. Well, no, tell that to my 11-year-old. She'll wear whatever damn colour she wants and she'll be whatever she damn wants. And it's the same for the other two. And, I mean, if you look, and look at, like I said, magazines, I mean, some of the women on the magazines have been airbrushed and made to look this perfect specimen of of woman and it's all bullshit it's all bullshit I'm pretty sure the Nazis had something like that going on as well um, and on TV you know girls have to wear this boys have to wear that I mean I've seen a few adverts coming out recently um, I think Virgin Atlantic did one um, where you had a man wearing eyeliner you had a woman doing I can't remember what the woman was doing um, something different. Obviously, you had a man on a on a um, pole dancing 
you know, and that sort of thing needs to be encouraged because not everybody's the same. We're not all Stepford wives. I mean, I've, I, I grew up being different to everybody and I'm more than happy with the way I've turned out. And some people may not be, but I don't really care for that. And I want my girls to grow up to be comfortable with who they are, not who they're told to be. And I'm quite happy in the fact that Anastasia is growing up to who she wants to be. You know, she she loves a science experiment. She wants to be a science teacher. So there's more female role models coming out now than there was 20 years ago in um, in various various uh, professions. I mean, I work in a female-dominated environment. You know, I work in nursing, as most people know if you've listened to my podcast before. Um, and... I work with hundreds of women and men for that for that matter. More women than men, but you know. And some of the women I work with are complete role models. They really are. But we need role models in the forefront. We need female role models in the forefront. Your female soldiers, your female scientists, your female rocket scientists. And that needs to be put down to these young girls because they're at, they're at an age, especially my eldest, where they're so impressionable and just, you know, it, it needs to be brought down to them that you can be whatever the hell you want. You don't have to be married by 20, have kids by 25 and be a happy little housewife because that's not really how it works. And that's not fair to be putting it on these young girls, especially impressionable young girls like my eldest, because they think when they're growing up, they like all this stuff. Oh, no, no, you can't like that. Oh, no, no, that's a boy's thing, that. And that's just wrong, absolutely wrong. You go to any toy shop and you will find boys' section, girls' section. It's the same with clothes. I mean, one of Anastasia's favourite things to wear is her Minecraft cap. And it's a... um. Can't remember the name of it, but it's, it's it's a baseball cap, and she loves it. But people have said to her at school, "Why are you wearing that? You're a girl." And she quite quite proud of her turns around and says, "Because I want to," you know. And that's the way it should be. These girls, girls and boys, and boys for that much should be encouraged to be whoever the hell they damn want. One of Anastasia's friends is a boy, and he wants to be a fashion designer when he grows up. More bloody power to him. There's good money in that. I mean, I would, but no, I haven't got the the skills for that or the mentality, to be honest. Um, And so that's that's my girls. They're all different. They're all completely individual, and that's the way it should be, in my eyes anyway. People will disagree, but I don't care. I mean, so how is it for me being a dad? Well, being a dad to girls specifically, specifically. So it's different. There's still a lot of bias, still a lot of cultural bias going on. Even even in 2022, there's still a lot of bias going on towards fathers. I mean, things, again, same with the gluten, things are getting better as the years progress. But I'm still getting people saying to me, I mean, I took my... Um, Anastasia and Aurora, Anastasia down the Aurora and for their COVID injections um, a few months ago 
and I could see I was walking hand in hand with my daughter because we're in the middle of the city, it's busy, etc., etc. And one one way I was getting looks from people, thinking, "Oh God, why is that man holding that girl's hand? Oh, I bet he's abducted her." No, I'm a bloody father, and I'm keeping a you know keeping a safe from the throngs of people that are in the city. And I could see people's cogs turning in the head, going, "Oh, must be babysitting." Yeah, giving mum a day off. No, I was spending time with my daughter. And yes, I did take her at five guys, and yes, she absolutely devoured that bad boy, and I've never been proud of her, prouder than her. And even when I took my middle, my t- I took Aurora Anne in to get her COVID jab, and I took her into Claire's accessories, and she bankrupted me. I mean, I don't know if anyone's ever been into Claire's accessories, but it's not somewhere I'd normally go. But my daughter wanted to go in there, so we went in there. I was the only dad in there, and. I was getting all these looks off all these women, just, you know, giving me the stink eye. Oh, why is he in here? Why is he in here? I mean, it's just a bit like, well, actually, I'm spending time with my daughter. You know, yes, she's bankrupting me and bloody Claire's, but, you know, hey-ho, she's happy. And she loved it, absolutely loved it. And I love spending time with her as well. I took her to McDonald's. I learned my lesson from buying the other one, Five Guys. Now, one of the biggest problems is trying to find toilets that I can go into as well. My 11-year-old, she can go in fine. She's big enough to go on her own. But, I mean, my 8-year-old my and my 5-year-old in a few weeks, I'm going to have to try and find a toilet in the city centre where I can go in and not be lynched. Because there's no way I'm taking them to the men's toilet. But I can't go in a girl's toilet and a female toilet. So what am I supposed to do? Just let her be yourself? I mean, I've had to take... My, uh, I think it's my youngest. I was in Great Yarmouth. Uh, my mum and dad had come down, and because the baby change was in the female toilet, I had to change my daughter while she was still in the pram. Luckily, I had to change her nappy in the pram because I was not allowed to go into the female toilet. I wouldn't want to. Let's just say I would not like to go into one of them, but. There should be places. It shouldn't matter what gender you are, what sex you are, when you're changing your child. It should be a unisex area. I remember taking my uh, middle, I think it was, into mother care to change her nappy. And I walked into the to the baby change, and a woman turned around and said to me, said, what are you doing there? And I was, because there's breastfeeding room as well. I said, oh, I want to change my daughter. Well, can't get your wife to do it? No, she's at home. Oh, dad's babysitting. No, I'm, I've brought my daughter out for the day. You know, I'll give her a rest. <sighs> no, I'm actually spending time with my child. And at this point, a wall was absolutely kicking and screaming. I said, right, I need to sort her. Can you, like, piss off? And, um, yeah, it's just stuff like that. And that that is a bias, and that bias is still going to this day. You know, when you see men with daughters or with sons even, I mean, I don't have a son, so I can't really comment, but the thing about daddy's babysitting, daddy's babysitting, no, you get paid to be a babysitter. You don't get paid to spend time with your kids, and you 
there should be no reason to get paid for spending time with your own children. I mean, you kind of there when they were born, I'd like to think, and you're kind of there at conception as well. So they kind of make it make it yours. So it, it, there needs to be a change of mentality, I think. Um, change of mentality between, you know, what what people think. I mean, see, see a man with someone who's quite obviously their child, they're not babysitting. They're not giving mummy a day off. They're spending time with their own child because we've got as much to do with our kids as the mothers. And I think the bias is so deeply ingrained that, that you know, it's just hard to get out of, but it's something that needs to be get, get gotten, gotten out of. And it's hard to do. I mean, I, like I said, I've got, I still get stairs to this day when I'm walking around with my daughters. And people don't seem to understand that, you know, when when dad's looking after, looking after, spending time with their kid, that's because they want to spend time with the child, not because mummy needs a day off or mummy's at work or, you know, some of the bullshit like that. And it is it is frustrating. It's really frustrating. And yeah, there's not much more I can say about that to be honest. I think I've covered most of it with that. And it it is hard. It, it is hard to try and work work through that. And um, I've got a little note that my wife put on the uh, on my plan, asking mum for everything, even when dad can do it. Yeah, it's not our fault. <laughs> It's not our fault. It's just that my kids walk past me to ask a mum for a drink. And I say to them, sat right here, I can get you a drink. And they shrug their shoulders and go, yeah, but mummy do it. No, let me bloody do it. Kids would have them, eh? Anyway, so that's that's a little bit about about what it is being a dad um, to daughters. Um, if you like it, send me a comment. If you don't like it, send me a comment. You know the drill I need. I need you guys, you listeners, to uh, actually let me know what you think. If you think it's crap, let me know. I'll change it up. If you think it's amazing, thank you. I need an ego boost. Lovely. Look after yourself, guys. Stay safe. Thank you everybody for tuning in and listening to me babble on. Your comments are all welcome and I appreciate you listening to me. Look after yourselves.